I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Have you ever wondered, how did I get here? You look around and realize that where you are differs from where you thought you'd be. Where you live, your career path, or lack thereof, or the relationships you find yourself in weren't part of your original plans. It may be challenging to have peace and contentment when questioning whether your decisions over the years have been the right ones. Maybe that's not you. Perhaps you are ready for a change or have a decision to make that will change everything for you and your family. How do you know what to do? This week's guest and friend, Heather McFadden, is passionate about helping women confidently embrace the opportunities, places, and people that God has given them. In her new book, Right Where You Belong, she helps readers toss aside insecurities and step into the role that God has assigned them. In our conversation, we talked about the four boundaries that God has given us and how they apply to our spaces and the everyday distractions that prevent us from contentment and deter us from God's assignment. And we also talk how we can be sure that we are right where we belong. Welcome, Heather. It is incredible to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's so fun to see your smiling face. I know, it's been a while. (laughs) I know, it's been a while. I was thinking the other day, I haven't gotten back into the conference thing no, since right. COVID just for, just for any reason, it's just, I've just gotten used to not doing it. And the last time we saw each other was at a conference in Nashville. And I really want to get back to just getting out and meeting other people and meeting other people that care about family, care about God, and just get back into those in-person opportunities. Yeah. And so it's good to see your face this way, if not in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always second rate to in-person, but I mean, yes. Didn't we go to like a country Western? Yes, yes. Music restaurant bar place in Nashville. It was super yes, fun. Like, we did. It was a great trip. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't yeah. know. We didn't I know. know. And my daughter just went to Nashville for she is playing for a club field hockey team, and they played Vanderbilt. And so I was like, I sent her like the pictures from the time we were there because I was like, go to this place and go here and go here. And she like sent me pictures back and they looked almost identical to ours because That's everything's fun. the same in Nashville, right? The lights and the, the fun. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, did you eat a fried hot dog? She's like, what are you talking about? What was it? No, it was a fried bologna sandwich. That's so gross. At that one restaurant that we were at. So, so gross. Um, and she lots said, of no. bachelorette. That was threw me off. There's yes. lots of bachelorette parties happening. Yes. In Nashville. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't. That was new to me. Yeah. Well, I'm ready yeah. to go back. So. <laughs> all right. A question we ask all of our guests is, what okay. is your family known for? So we have three things that we, I think, value and it comes out in our choices. And one is creativity. We're really big on creating, whether it's music or little videos or even like art projects. So creativity is definitely something we notice in other people and we give time and attention to. Communication. I was a speech language pathologist before I was a podcaster. And so (laughs) it's always been something that I'm making sure we're talking or like talking through things. Um, 
big on talking. And then fun. We have prioritized fun, which now as I have teens, I'm like, maybe that was a bad idea. Because no, no. They need to get to work. <laughs> you got to get to college. Yes. But yeah. We have, we have prioritized fun and mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of fun as they were little. And yeah. Even just creating, like my husband used to drag them down the hallway on blankets. We call it the magic carpet ride. Just uh, like, I know I miss those days. It's easier. Yeah. It's easier then. Do you find that the fund has to be funner now? I like, think like last night we went to a hibachi grill okay. and we still like when our chef came up to the table, we were playing the game on your phone where you're trying to, I can't remember okay. what it's called, but you're trying to get, everyone's trying to get you I to guess what the word it's is. It's like the headbands game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like and so my son wasn't paying attention and the chef came up and he had that little squeaky chicken and he squeaked oh. it under his arm and like, then we all laugh, you know, like there's, you know. Yeah, We're, we could have just gone to Denny's, but <laughs> <laughs> would have been more affordable. But I do think uh, as we're thinking about, okay, we finally have all six of us together, which is a bigger deal when you have older mm-hmm. kids is yeah. making time to all be together. I do think we try to find a place that's fun or memorable, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. I find that when we when we, for us, fun is like a reset. It always brings us together. It doesn't matter who's like, I can always tell when my kids start to like bicker or squabble. I'm like, all right, we need to go find something fun to do, something cheesy, something like out of the ordinary, just to get out of the house and do something together. And it resets us because then they start to laugh together and they remember how much they enjoy each other Mm -hmm. because we do get busy. I mean, like I can look at my calendar and be like, it's been weeks since the, you know, we've done something besides get everybody to where they have to go. And sure, their sporting events are fun and sure, having friends over is fun. But like when it's just the five of us or the four of us now that my oldest is at school, You know, and for a while we didn't do things, fun things after she left because it felt, Mm. it didn't feel right. Yeah. It was like, do we wait till she comes home to like check out this new restaurant or, or check out this or check out that. And then I was like, no, we just have to, we have to keep moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I feel like we had that a little bit, even with my oldest, when he started, he was lifeguarding and he was gone a lot, mm -hmm. you know, working and just as your older ones have more commitments. And now you have two older high schooler. I mean, yeah. it's just like their lives are so full. Yeah. It is just really hard to make time. So it was like yeah. Sunday nights sometimes became like a, okay, guys, family dinner. Mm-hmm. We're going to go do this or going to watch a movie or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And it used to be like Friday night was always pizza and movie night. Cause we're like, what are we going to do with these kids? And now right. it's like, yeah, yeah. It changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's fun. We get to adapt. Yeah, hopefully we're growing alongside them. Yeah. Hopefully. All right. So your first book was Don't Mom Alone, which is also the name of your podcast. And in that book, you shared how moms can empower each other, be empowered by God and connect with their children. And I loved that book. And But now you're kind of departing a little bit from that message and you have a new one. And this book is called Right Where You Belong. So talk about that. Like where did that new idea come from? What is God teaching you through it? And what led you to write the book? So the long, long story is that I actually pitched this book, Right Where You Belong, first. And that was what I wrote the book proposal on. When you and I met, I had Mm -hmm. turned it in and 
pub, the publisher I signed with, I actually signed a two book deal and they were good with me writing that book first in 2019, turning it in in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and I, as I was talking to some other publishers, they would ask the question, why aren't you writing a Don't Mom Alone book? That was frequently asked. And I mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, it's too obvious. <laughs> interesting enough. I don't, <laughs> I have these deep thoughts I want to share and that doesn't seem deep enough. And so I just kind of pushed that off. And then I thought, you know what? I have not asked God what he thinks about this. Mm-hmm. So I took the elements or the ideas that are in right where you belong. And I applied them to this decision. And I Mm. said, God, what space are you assigning me? Is it to write the right where you belong book, which I was calling the good place then. And, (laughs) (laughs) or do you want me to write don't mom alone? And I went through the activity of drawing up the boundary lines for the space. And I realized that while I am, I was at the time in mom ministry and I was producing weekly podcast episodes. I wasn't actually filling the assigned space because I didn't have a resource that if I met a weary mom who Mm. there was a mom from my neighborhood who knocked on my door, she was crying. She, Mm. she remembered that during COVID I had a yard sign that said, if you need prayer, leave a note. And so she said, I need prayer. And Anyway, she came inside. We had a little conversation, but I was able to hand her this book, which is the book, Don't Mom Alone, which is exactly why God was pointing me to that. He was like, yes, fill the space. You need to replicate your message in a consumable way. So that one came first and I didn't know I would be writing it when the world was experiencing isolation and every chapter was like an isolating idea and a connecting truth. and we all grasped that living life isolated is not, it's not sustainable and enjoyable. And as moms, we just had kind of fallen into that, whether it's holding on to ideals and we're like trying to live those out. And so we don't connect to other moms because we don't want to sabotage this ideal we have, or we don't Mm want to be critiqued. I think that through COVID and the pandemic, we were like, okay, throwing out the ideals. I need community. I need support. And so that one came out first. And then this one, which I'd already been processing and I'd spoken on occupying your God-given space. It was actually helpful coming off of the pandemic. My second manuscript was due just like six months after this Don't Mom Alone came out Mm -hmm. that I was able to write it in like two and a half months. Yeah. So that was actually helpful to have the already thought through book ready to write and the one that I had no idea what was going to be in it written first. And I love that you have some practical application of applying everything that you're writing about in this new book, right? So you were able to put it into practice. These aren't just ideas. These are things that actually work and have led you to be content where you are and to fill the spaces God's given you. Yeah. Yeah, so, I just I just think a lot of women I interact with are wondering like what's my big calling or yeah. is this my calling is this it and just to kind of reframe that to this idea that we have lots of assignments that came from my friend yeah. Kat Armstrong lots of assignments and figuring out what it is right now 
Mm-hmm. And what has God given you to steward right now? And are yeah. you doing it? Because sometimes we're like, it's over there or we're watching other people do it and we miss out on what's right in front of us. Yeah. Well, I can totally relate with that because I would say when I heard, when I saw this message immediately, I thought of myself and how I deal with regret. Like, yeah. did I make the right decisions? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Or did I make the wrong choices along the way? And then I also tend to be the type of person who's got so many ideas that I have no idea what to put my effort into first. (laughs) And, you know, I I have a friend, actually, Noelle, you remember Noelle Rhodes. Mm -hmm. I'll call her and with a new idea and she'll be like, okay, well, what has God told you about that? And like, what's the end game? And why are you doing this? And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. So I am that type of person who is always questioning, like I will ebb and flow between I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And then I'm like, how did I get here? And why didn't I do that? Mm -hmm. And so this totally resonates with me. So I'm excited to hear more about like these boundaries that you talked about, the boundary lines. Yeah. Yeah, More about those and how, how you use those to, to work through this. Yeah. A couple, like for me, I'm with you. Some of that hustle or like, did I miss it? Did I mess up? Is this concept, the FOMO of I'm missing out. Like if I don't do it, I'm going to miss out or if, oh, I messed up. So I missed out. And God kind of reminding me that if I'm in the middle of his will, I'm never missing out. Mm. That's, you know, the safest place to be, but then it's this impossible question at times. So what's God's will? right? Right. Yeah. And so I was, I saw a tweet eons ago. That's where this whole idea kind of came from. It was the guy who invented the Uversion app, the Bible app. And he was retweet. He was posting from one of his devotionals, Pastor David Adamson. And it's the quote is that the expanded definition of humility is to fully occupy your God-given space mm-hmm. or to occupy. I think I added mm-hmm. fully, but mm-hmm. then I was thinking about like the Bible and a friend was reading through the Bible in a year and he got to Joshua when God was outlining the space that he was giving Mm -hmm. to the Israelites. And he's laying out the boundary lines. He's like, and here from here to here. And then you, this tribe, you go here and this tribe, you go here. And he's assigning them all. And a couple of tribes don't even choose to go in the land that God assigned them and they miss out. Mm -hmm. But I, because that's the only way we really do miss out is if we don't, Mm accept the invitation. Mm -hmm. And if we don't go to the spaces and fill them that God gives us. And so Mm -hmm. I was thinking through what are those boundary lines for us, like physically and then metaphorically. And I kind of came up with time, like on the timeline, your Mm -hmm. actual present moment, this season, there's a way to ask yourself. And I have a worksheet in the book Mm -hmm. of how time plays into your decision. Mm. And I, I'm willing, if you're willing, if you have a decision even right now, we could draw up some boundary lines for you and I could talk you through some of this. But one is time, one mm-hmm. is place in the physical place on this earth right. in your neighborhood, yada, yada, metaphorical even. Yeah. And there's your gifts and your interests, kind of mm-hmm. like how's God wired you? What mm-hmm. have you always been like? What were you like as a little kid? And then there is your experiences, positive, negative, and how all of those interplay to, and I think you and I could logically talk through those mm-hmm. in a decision and say, oh, 
well, then this is what makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. But like I experienced with writing this book second in my decision-making is you really need to bring them to God. And so I even include a section on how do we hear from God? What is that? What is that Mm -hmm. like to learn to listen to God? Because Mm -hmm. Solomon, we think, oh, he asked God for wisdom, right? Well, he actually asked God for a Shema Leb or Leb Shema. So Shema means to hear and obey Mm -hmm. and Leb is your soul. So he wanted a heart or soul that listened to God and obeyed. And that's wisdom. To Mm -hmm. listen to God and do what he's asking you to do is the wisest. And then to fill that space, your humble, wise choice is that. And so helping people lean into that for themselves is what my hope is with this book. Yeah. Okay. So repeat, there's time. Time, place, place, interests and gifts and experiences. Interests and gifts and experiences. So I know like you shared about your background in speech pathology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a lot of us, especially moms who have molded their life around really being in the home to support their family, no matter what that looks like, if that's a hybrid of work and home or whatever. Mm -hmm. For some of us, we've made decisions to walk away from what we set out to do. And for some of us, what we paid a lot of money to learn how to do. (laughs) Still paying off Um, loans. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. So when you find yourself on a path that you didn't intend like, how do you use those boundary lines to confirm that, like, you're where you're supposed to be? Yeah. You know, because I straddle my love of design and architecture, which I'm doing not a lot of here and there. I'm praying about, like, how does this come back into my life? But, like, I haven't let it go, but I'm not running towards it. And I'm, you know, like you approaching a season where my kids are becoming adults. And I'm like, how does all of this work together? Like, yeah. Where do you have me and why do you have me here? So like when it comes to those major decisions and walking away from from other paths that you may have taken, how do we use those boundaries to really like make sense of it all? Yeah, I think it's exactly, you kind of landed on the time boundary. Mm-hmm. That's where you, I heard you processing is. Mm-hmm. You have already identified the boundary of your interests and your past experiences with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the key for you is, okay, at what moment will this intersect and be a space that God's asked, inviting me to, to fill? Mm. And I think that what I'm hoping is that we can trust God outside that space, that he's working and moving in ways that we can't see. Mm-hmm. And that if we're in relationship with him, we will hear the invitation. It will be so clear because mm. oftentimes where we sometimes miss out, and I don't think you would struggle with this, is we know the space. Like some women are like, they need help identifying it. Mm-hmm. Some it's like, I know I, I, this is for me, but they're not filling it and they need permission. Mm-hmm. They're always asking friends, well, what do you think? And I think a lot of it is they're afraid to fail there. Yeah. Sometimes it feels bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're afraid to fill it because it, it requires an acknowledgement that yes, you're the one, even if it feels like it's too big. That he's bigger, you know, like David going up against Goliath. It's like that armor was, was legitimately too big. King Saul's Mm -hmm. armor. Mm -hmm. But the position and the space of going against Goliath while intimidating, he knew who went with him. Mm. And I think we have to trust God outside the space in those places and 
And so much of this journey of believing you're right where you belong is a faith mm-hmm. journey of mm-hmm. acknowledging who he is outside that space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And I think that, you know, too, there will be times when I see like the thread coming mm-hmm. through my life and how things are connected. And I'm always surprised by what he's doing. But then at the same time, I still have moments when I'm like, what is going on? Like, why yeah. am I here? And what <laughs> and so, so you, often we don't need to know, like we don't need to know the yeah. why. And I think we spend so much mental energy on the why and listen and obey does not include why. Mm, yeah. It, there's not a, another <laughs> verb in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I heard from you and I did what you said. Right. And I don't, the why is not my part. Yeah. So I really, when I read scripture, I like, what is my part and what is not my part? And to understand is often not my part. Mm. And it's like, he's so outside of all of our lives and like what he's weaving together is beyond our ability to understand. And so to think that the understanding of what he's doing is our part, Mm -hmm. we have to surrender and recognize, Mm -hmm. nope, that's not, it's not what you're asking me to do right now. Yeah. I didn't know when I said, yes, I'll do Don't Mom Alone, that a pandemic was, there's no way I could have of understood course, or, yes. or the why. I couldn't say, well, why God? Why do you, I don't know. I just did it. Yeah. yeah. And so I do think like if you, like the four boundaries that you're talking about, when you understand those boundaries and you really cultivate contentment, you almost eliminate the need for why, you know, that trust and having that understanding. And you've, and you've seen it. I think the more times you test it, Mm. and see it and you're Mm -hmm. like I've done this I've gone down these roads before where I didn't know what where God was going or what he was doing or how he was using x y and z yeah I mean how many people do you know that have gone through horrific grief painful experiences and they can tell you how God used it Mm -hmm. and so in the grief we can question God why would you allow this to happen yeah and eventually maybe we never get to see but eventually most people get to see the why Mm-hmm. and find peace and contentment in that. Yeah. So give us some examples of some areas that you've seen when you've worked with women and talked with people that these four boundaries really help us find contentment in. So I've seen like friend, one friend, she she's married but doesn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. And she really, she has her design job just like you were just talking about, but Mm. she also loves to create and she has a whole jewelry line and that takes time and energy. And so we had a conversation where it felt like she needed permission to, and financially she could afford to do this, to go part-time in her design work so that she could also engage in making the jewelry. Mm -hmm. But she felt like she wasn't allowed to because she didn't have children at home. Mm. And so it's this... Right. What, what formula or ideas are we holding on to? Because God's never worked in formulas and mm-hmm. no one's story in the Bible is exactly the same. Yeah. So what is your personal journey with God? And are you intimately interacting with him to get his approval and permission on, uh, on filling that space? Yeah. So it's just like one yeah. example. And it sounds like too, the exercise of just examining where we're getting our standards from yeah. is really helpful. Like who, who, where did you get this idea from that you had to have children to stay home and pursue 
Mm-hmm. This other thing. But right? you're only allowed like, to be a part-time working employee if you have children. Right. Yeah. Right. Where did that come from? Did that come from your family? Did that come from culture? Is that from your friends? Which certainly I think, you know, when it comes to understanding how to fill our God spaces, this idea of comparison, right? Yeah. Like looking around us and seeing what others are doing. And I think that that's, that's probably, even though I know better, that's probably when I get messed up is when I look at somebody and say, well, they're farther along or, well, they're not doing it the way I think I'm supposed to do it. Should I be doing it the way they're doing it? And that is the biggest hindrance to my confidence and contentment sometimes. Yeah. There's a whole chapter on shrink or swell, Mm -hmm. which is on how so often, and women, we are guilty of this. When we feel discontent in our own spaces, we like jump into other people's or like as moms, we maybe aren't satisfied. And so we're like totally overstepping our bounds into our kids' spaces and micromanaging their spaces and what God has for them. Mm -hmm. And so as like, even in community, we can do that because like, I'm going to judge you or I'm going to compare to you, or I think you should sign up for PTA. Why aren't you signing up for PTA? Well, like you don't know her journey and you don't know what God has already assigned her that you don't even see. Like just if we took our energy and focused it on what God has given us to steward, that would be so much healthier. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm telling you, it will take up all your time and energy. It's Mm -hmm. plenty. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah. What you oh. can control, which is hard to control. It's hard to control your emotions. It's hard to control yeah. your thoughts. That is plenty in yeah. your own body. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of the work I do with people is figuring out what their values are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I get off track, I have to go back to our values. And I and I have to remind myself that my values is what prevents me from saying yes yep. to things that I have no business doing. I mean, no, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. to Things we have no business doing and no to the things that I really, I don't really even care about if I really think about it hard enough. Right. But we get sucked into this idea that, that we have to fill every space. Yeah. And, and if we, we have to say yes to that opportunity because we might miss out is the Mm -hmm, lie mm -hmm. or we think, well, that's what you should do. You should Mm -hmm. say yes to this opportunity. I think for each individual that looks different, some people never say yes. They never mm-hmm. take the seat. Mm-hmm. I picture seats because I think for me, it's like going to a theater and I can only occupy one seat. Mm. And, you know, you're, you've seen this on your calendar. You've put something in ahead of time and it's not something that can change. Maybe it's commitment or an interview. Mm-hmm. And then another opportunity comes in. Well, that block is taken yeah. of time. So there's not an option to be, I can't, There's no time travel machine. I can't duplicate and clone myself. I can only occupy one physical space and time. Mm -hmm. And I think we try to do that so often is multiply ourselves or Mm -hmm. commit to all these things. And what really I think I was convicted of is, let's say I get a speaking opportunity and I'm stretching myself to make that happen. And and I know it's maybe not the best fit. And I know that maybe it's not event that I'm the best match for. But I say yes, because that feels right. That's what like people should do. You get invited, Mm -hmm. you should say yes. By me speaking, someone else is not speaking. Mm, Yeah. And so there have been times when, especially for me, if I see an event and there's no diversity, I will sometimes say, you know what? 
I actually can't do this event, but here, and I will give them a list of some people I think that are better qualified equally or better qualified and who are people that that would provide some diversity of thought and experience to what I'm seeing is on the speaker. And it's like, my no is a yes for someone else and their journey of a space God's assigning them. So this is like, there's a ripple effect and that's why it matters that we make the time to be in intimate relationship with Jesus. So we are listening to the Holy Spirit's prompts of answer that door, talk to that cashier, like, and then we don't have regret later because we know we were living a life surrendered and empowered by the Holy Spirit to move where our body moves, yeah, where he has us. Yeah. We won't miss out. And actually we get to be a part of the work he's doing. Yeah. So. That's really good. What, what do you think the everyday distractions are that prevent us from contempt? Oh my gosh. And deter us from our assignment. We should probably start by eliminating some of those. <laughs> I think I heard Tara Lee say it's like increase the things that your affections for God, like whatever draws you closer to God and decrease the distractions. Mm-hmm. And I think every individual knows them. I don't have to mm-hmm. like for yes. you individually, you know, if it's the game on your phone, you know, if it's, Instagram, you know, if it's maybe not even a phone thing, maybe it's you fall hard and deep into fiction books and you just, it pulls you away from being fully present or it's, Mm -hmm. I don't even know, like email. It could be, it could be a non-digital thing. You know, for yourself, what keeps you from being present and connected to God. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'll, I give a lot of latitude in the chapter on that, just to kind of say, like the priest in the temple or like a gardener in a garden, you are caring for your space and you are the one who decides what needs to go and Mm -hmm. what needs a little bit of poking the fire and rekindling and getting the flames back up. And Mm -hmm. have you spent time and actually sat and listened to God's voice? Like, is that, is that new? That might be a starting place. Mm-hmm. But when we are doing that, when our heart is filled with God's love and his identity and belonging and significance is found in him, mm-hmm. we don't get drawn to distraction and c- comparison. We do find contentment because we know we're right. We're, we know we're in the middle of his will. We're not missing out. We're you know what, that might be great for that family, but that's not great for our family. And when Mm -hmm. it comes to the coming up with your family culture, that's not a good fit for us right now. Or going Mm -hmm. through X, Y, and Z, or so-and-so just got this diagnosis, or we're working on this issue as a family. Like Mm -hmm. you can settle in and know without a doubt that you are in the middle of God's will Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. And I think that's important every once in a while to do a reset and to do a reassessment, because I think in one season, you know, like my distractions are completely different than in another season, you know, like there was a season when I was traveling a lot and how I spent time with God had to look radically different. And I had to give myself permission to not necessarily like have to have that quiet time from like such and such time in the morning to that time in the morning. Like, what does it look like to not fill myself up with stuff, you know, so I don't feel everything instead just be present 
with God and just be available and open to hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm a big fan of not like saying you have to do it this way, mm-hmm. but more saying the only thing I know for sure is your relationship with God is the essential part. Mm-hmm. And what he does in and through you and what that looks like for you is so unique to each individual mm-hmm. that I can't yeah, list that out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think like you were, you know, I love, this is just a great reminder for me because I was thinking of a couple of things this morning. And the first thing I wanted to do was jump on a boxer with a friend of mine and be like, all right, I think I know what I'm doing. And I did really feel like God was just saying, how about you just talk to me about it? And I'm like, no, but I want someone to tell me I am going in the right direction. You want the permission. (laughs) Yes. You want the permission. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, so we often, and we've kind of already touched on this, but we often look at their decisions or look at our past past and think, well, I wonder if I went down this route. I wonder if I went, chose, you know, chose this person to marry or this town to live in or I mean, it could be any number of things where we could look back and sort of romanticize what would have been. Mm-hmm. How how can we ensure, like, how can we look back over those times and not reconcile, but sort of like come to terms with like how we got to where we are? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, ideally, right, like I said, we're living in relationship with God and then we aren't, mm-hmm. we're knowing like you and I were saying earlier, we did the best that we could Mm -hmm. with the information we had at the time. And I think there is not one perfect follower of God in the Bible Mm -hmm. and God still executes his plan. Mm -hmm. So the key is when we're doing that reflecting, are we reflecting and feeling like I start, I start the introduction this way. I messed up in my choice because we aren't making as much money as we possibly could have if Mm. I stayed in speech pathology. Is it a worldly definition of success that we feel like we're falling short of? And so Mm -hmm. we're reflecting back and saying, well, if I'd made this different decision, I would be comfortable. My life would be convenient. I'd have more control. There would be more peace. Mm -hmm. Those aren't necessarily God's values. Mm -hmm. So we have to say, okay, what does God value? He He wants to be glorified. He wants us to be faithful. So, okay, if we haven't been those things in the past, we cannot mm-hmm. undo them, but mm-hmm. we can choose today who you will follow. And we can make that decision now and see, hey, God, where are you working? What are you inviting me into? How can I join you in the work that you're doing? Because mm-hmm. he's, you know, with even the revivals that are talking about and God showed up and he's working. He's always working. Mm-hmm. We have to open our eyes to see, and he comes where he's wanted. And if we're in that space and we're doing the reevaluating and we're feeling really humbled by our circumstances, the actual posture of humility is to say, okay, what space are you assigning me? How can I fill it? I think if we make that time to really ask him these questions and surrender to that. I think we you'll see a difference. Like Mm. we could talk about it all day, but if you make that time, you'll see a difference in your heart and your contentment where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I've learned is 
that our perspective and like you said, like how we're choosing to view where we are right now makes all the difference. Yeah. I mean, it really does. It makes a difference in how we show up for our people. It makes a difference in the choices we make going forward. And, you know, I often remind myself too of this idea of that, like we can both, like if, if me and someone else can look at a set of circumstances and have a different thoughts about it, then that's just an opinion. And our opinion can change and our perspective can change on that. And so I often remind myself to just shift and realize that if I can think about this differently, this actually will be different. Yeah. There's a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Mm -hmm. Victor Frankl. Have you ever read that? Mm -mm, No. It's a man who was in a concentration camp. He was a psychiatrist and he was there for three years. But he chose to have a shift in his perspective on his experience. He, I'm going to read it. He said, he saw himself standing on a platform of a well-lit, warm and pleasant lecture room. And in front of me sat an attentive audience of uncomfortable seats. I was giving a lecture on the psychology of the concentration camp. Mm. All that oppressed me at that moment became objective, seen and described from this remote viewpoint of science. By this method, I succeeded somehow in rising above the situation, above the sufferings of the moment, and I observed them as if they were already of the past. Both I and my troubles became the object of an interesting psychoscientific study undertaken by myself. So he says the one remaining freedom, everything can be taken from you, but the last freedom is to choose your attitude in any set of circumstances. Mm. You get you get to see how, how you see what's going on in your life. That's your choice. That's your last freedom. Mm -hmm. Things happen Mm -hmm. to you. You can't control your kids do stupid stuff. You can't control. (laughs) We, and we get to decide how we see our lives. Yeah. And the great thing is that God can share one thing with us and totally shift everything. Yeah. Like everything can become clear. And even if it's not clear, it can become shifted. And I think that that's, that's a hope that we have that, can only, you can only have in Christ that he's yeah. going to say, hey, I've got you, I've got this, and let me show you how to look at this. Yeah. I mean, we, I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't exist on this planet if it wasn't for a random psych intern who convinced my grandparents to let my parents get married. My mom was pregnant with my older sister. Like that small conversation impacted my whole life. So like, you just right. don't know what God's doing. And so can we just humble ourselves to recognize mm. that he's, it's like with Job, like, where were you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are to think you understand what's going on and what I'm up to? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today and talking about this new book. I can't wait to read it. I have a couple of things. I'm going to run through these filters and these boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. All right. Thanks for having me. You can find Heather at heathermcfadden.com. She's also on Instagram and Facebook as Don't Mom Alone. I'll link to all of that, plus where you can find her new book in the show notes. Are you struggling to keep track of everything that's going on in your family? Well, if so, you're not alone. 
Managing everyone's expectations and schedules can be challenging. However, a regular family meeting can change all that. These weekly check-ins enable you to approach each week with purpose and to be more connected with one another. So if you think this is something you might want to try and you need a little help getting started, you can download my free family meeting packet, which includes sample agendas and discussion ideas. Just go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash resources to get your copy today.